Where does the Hornets projected starting lineup rank within the NBA? Plus, we'll discuss an X factor that could take this Hornets team as far as they possibly could go. Given what's taking place this offseason, we'll talk about all of it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen every day as well. We're free and available wherever you get your platforms. That includes YouTube. And if you join and us your on podcast, YouTube. Where, and wherever you get your podcasts as well. Is, said, what did I say? Said where, you said wherever you get your platforms. <laughs> did I really? Goodness gracious. You know, we messed up the intro and then I, I had to go back and fix it. And I was just joking with Doug. Anytime that we mess up the intro, like I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, we probably get the intro right on the first time 75% of the time. Is that fair? Like every three out of four times? Well, 75% of the time, it works every time. That's right. So the other 25%, if you mess up once, then I'm I'm going to mess up more than once. Like if, mm-hmm. I, if I nail it and then there's a problem, but then we have to go back, then I'm going to mess up two or three more times. And then here we are messing up the intro, but this time we're not going back and recording it. I will say if you're joining us on YouTube, one, thank you for doing that. Checking us out on Friday. We're always doing the Hive Lives, the Fun Friday. David Walker back in the fold. And we're recording this a lot earlier, which means you joined us earlier on Friday. Thank you for that. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, you see that my background might look a little different. And by a little, I mean big, but kind of little. So I still have a fish tank in the background, but we've upgraded, Doug. There used to be a five and a half gallon fish tank in the back with my little beta (laughs) swimming around. No, no. Now we have installed a 30-gallon fish tank in the background. So, yes, we are pretty much six times bigger with the aquarium, and it has taken up a lot. Here, I'll try to move a little bit so you can see the little aquascape, me getting my nature design on. Man, that's beauty. You're we're going all the way down now. You are you got some hobbies. Got some hobbies, folks. (laughs) We got this one. We got this hobby. We are putting this one into full effect. And so for those of you that have been hanging out with us for a long time, like for years, you know the one thing we like to do more than any is cut up and try to think of puns, whatever they may be. And we've gotten away from that a little bit. Like there just haven't been a whole lot of the pun reaction that we've tried to go back to. But I got a fish a few years back and named him Kendall Gills. And so now we have a whole bunch of fish to try to name. And then maybe there can be one that we have in the background once we get a more permanent setup for the future. And that's where I want you guys to come in and help us out with some fish pun names. We have some that we're going to unleash, I think, as the show goes on, like something along the lines of Kendall Gills. I don't want to give up any of Doug's. I'm not going to give up any of mine. But that's kind of going to be the theme of today's show. And Doug, this is what we do best. Like, this is what we enjoy the most. Well, you know, I mean, there has been a lot of news this offseason, so we haven't mm-hmm. had a lot of time to sink down into the fun. Uh, but we are entering the dog days of August. we got a lot to get to in August, though, because we, we are unleashing a lot of Hornets history in August. So it's going to be a fun month, but we will have a little bit more time to settle into the fun. So, um, Coy Jones. Just going to get us started. Just going to throw <laughs> so it out good. there. I'm going to mm-hmm. say that that might be the winner right off the top. Coy Jones, the next fish in your fish tank. I'd love to give me a good Kai Pond. It's so beautiful. We can talk about that <laughs> later on as well. All right, let's talk about the starting lineup. Coy Jones does not expect to be in the starting lineup. Maybe he thinks so, but that's not going to be the projected starting lineup, Doug. So if you were to look 
as of right now, like the offseason's not over, but also you can't go in thinking the Hornets are still going to be making this huge move just because so much time has passed and they haven't given us a whole lot of evidence in the past that they are going to make this big trade and enhance the roster. So right now, the starting lineup projects to be this. Your point guard's going to be Mello. Your shooting guard's going to be Terry. Your small forward's still going to be Gordon Hayward. And then once you get to the bigs down low, P.J. Washington going to be playing that four. Mason Plumley going to be playing that five. Again, this is as the roster is currently constructed. If you go to well, Bleacher Report. Well, it is, well, we should say it's as it's currently constructed and we're leaving out Miles Bridges because right. we just simply don't know how that situation is going to play out. Um, you know, he's currently facing three uh, felony charges for domestic violence, including child abuse, and that court case is ongoing. We've had no statement from the team, no statement from the NBA, so we simply don't have enough information to even include him in these projections. So we are doing this without Sands, Miles Bridges. Yeah, so no Miles Bridges, and instead you have Gordon at the three, PJ at the four, Mason Plumley at the five. The starting backcourt, this was always going to be the starting backcourt as long as Terry Rozier wasn't traded to shed salary. So that's your projected starting five as of now. Well, Bleacher Report released an article, I believe about a week ago, and they had this exact same starting lineup. This is what they projected. And they had this, Doug. I was a little surprised. Bleacher Report had this starting lineup ranked as the 20th best starting lineup in the league. Now, I thought that was actually high. I expected, uh, I scrolled down to like the 25 range to -hmm. see it. Um, just because of Miles Bridges being out. But, you know, that probably was still too low. Like, this is more talented than what I gave it credit for initially. I think it's just me trying to get out of the headspace that this offseason has been such a negative one. (laughs) Like, I'm just so far down on the expectations based off what's taken place. But 20th, the more you think about it, it's probably fair. Barring Gordon Hayward stays healthy, LaMelo improves and PJ improves. Yeah, you've got what one All Star, Lamelo Ball, Gordon Hayward made an All Star game, right? So two, two All Star, yeah. one All Star, yeah. So two All Star appearances in between this starting lineup. Um, you know, PJ Washington improving, but we don't. Is he going to make a leap this next season? Mason Plumley below average uh, center performance last season. Uh, Mark Williams, how quickly does he pick things up? Yeah, I mean, you know, s- starting lineup. I'd say 20 was, yeah, high. I mean, I think, um, but together they've, they've done some good things together. It's, it's not as if, and it's not as if they're unknown. They'll, they'll have the advantage of having played with one another a lot, you know, maybe with the exception of Gordon Hayward, because he's missed so many games due to injury, Uh, but they, but they are familiar with one another. And I think that's always an advantage going into a season. Well, and if you think about it, the 20th best starting lineup puts you in play-in territory which is what the charlotte hornets team projects to be so it says not, something yeah. about i think that says something about the nba playoffs landscape these days it might For be sure. a little too easy to get into the playoffs well and the other thing is you know it's important i mean one it's important just based off of how we talk about this hornets team to bring up miles bridges and why we're leaving him out as of right now just because there's a real shot he doesn't play this year so If you look at the team last year with Miles Bridges, and this is according to Bleacher Report in their write-up, ranking them 20th overall, the starting lineup, said, quote, for those curious, the above lineup with Bridges in actually Hayward's spot, um, 
that lineup was a plus 8.6 in 690 possessions and swapping out Washington for Bridges, which Charlotte did for a team high 802 possessions last year, yielded a minus 1.5. So for those, you know, trying to keep track here, instead of Gordon Hayward, you know, so Gordon Hayward, you would take him out and then, or you'd leave him in, right? And then you'd put PJ Washington at the four miles bridges comes out in this case, that actually mm-hmm. yielded a minus 1.5. So not very good, not awful, but still not very good. It goes to show you how much they relied offensively on miles too, especially remember in the early going where he was averaging a ton of points and then he got inconsistent at times, but still overall had a very good year outside of three point shooting. It's a huge loss, Doug. And that's why I think also like I was really, not really, I was surprised to see them ranked 20th. Cause when you take that kind of talent out of the equation, then yeah, you would think this team is going to take a hit. And that's why you have to rely on internal improvement. If you're not going to go outside and really enhance your roster and free agency or the trade market. Now what? It, so I have on the screen here. I have some minutes projections for mm-hmm. the starting uh, for the starters. I have Lamelo, and and I want to know what you think about this, Walker. I have Lamelo Ball at thirty three minutes per game. I have Terry Rozier at thirty five, and the reason I have Terry Rozier higher than Lamelo Ball on the minutes projection is because uh, you know, barring a move for a backup point guard, Terry Rozier may have to take some of the backup point guard duties. Uh, so I just see him getting a few more minutes than Ball. Then Gordon Hayward at 31, P.J. Washington at 30. Then I have Mason Plumley down at 21 to make room for one smaller lineups with P.J. at the center and and possibly you know Jalen McDaniels or J.T. Thor at the four, and then also to give some minutes to Mark Williams. You you are you good with these minutes projections? You want to make any any suggested changes? Yeah, I think as far as the starting lineup goes, it, it looks pretty good to me uh, without having the minutes that each of them played last year. I don't know if you have that available to you right now, but the big I one. I can look it up. Yeah, well, the big one is, you know, whatever you bring up, the big one is going to be LaMelo, right? Because this was somebody that didn't play as much as one. Certainly LaMelo Ball fans wanted to see. But also there were times where just if you want to separate the two, Charlotte Hornets fans, basket like there were basketball writers coming in and saying, wait, why is LaMelo not playing as many minutes? And that's something you know we criticized James Brago for at times. I think it was the Knicks game where he sat a significant portion of the fourth quarter and we were wondering why. And then it was even more puzzling when Borrego didn't say it was because of foul trouble or something like that. Yeah, that was a very odd moment for LaMelo and why he didn't play a whole lot last year. And yeah, like that that that's the one, right? I do think Steve Clifford is going to play LaMelo ball more than uh, than James Brago played him. But LaMelo, yeah, right there. So it'd be, you, you can look up the numbers here, um, Doug, but it seems to be pretty similar. It seems to be pretty online with 33. Yeah, so LaMelo last season averaged 32.3 minutes. Terry Rozier averaged 33.7. Miles was the leader in minutes at 35.5. Gordon Hayward at 31.9 in the 49 games that he played. And then Kelly Oubre at 26. Montrezl Harrell at 20 in in the limited games that he played after after the Hornets traded for him. And then P.J. Washington at uh, 27. So I actually don't have this sorted by minutes. There we go. So it was Miles, then Terry, then LaMelo, and then mm-hmm. Gordon. So I'm giving, you know, essentially Miles-ish minutes to Gordon Hayward and then a few to P.J. Washington. 
I'm bumping Terry up a few more minutes for backup because you have to remember last season they had Ish Smith, they had Isaiah Thomas, but there was a portion of the season where Terry Rozier was the backup point guard. And so if they plan to, I hope they don't, but if they plan to roll that way for the the, the entire season, uh, then then I expect Terry Rozier to get a bump in minutes. Uh, and then LaMelo Ball, I, I don't know, maybe. So that's the, that to me, that's the X factor in the whole rotation is that I'm projecting 33 uh, but if this team starts to get into contention, I could certainly see Steve Clifford relying on more minutes for LaMelo Ball. He did it with Kemba. Like he, I yeah, mean, he, he played Kemba huge minutes. And so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. This is my projection right now, but I don't think, you know, I, I think it could change by the end of the season. Yeah, I guess I would project higher, but I understand your point. And, and I, you know, 33 probably seems right. I'm interested to see how many minutes PJ plays. You know, 30, you're already giving him a bump. But if they still haven't upgraded, we're talking about a guy that already was such a big player for them, certainly defensively last year. They didn't bring anybody else to help. This is the only other guy, too, that you're expecting internal improvement from such a big piece last year outside of LaMelo, right? Like, yeah. we're talking about guys they relied on a lot who we also think are going to internally improve, right? I guess within the roster, it's LaMelo for sure, but then it's PJ. And then, you know, then you're starting to get to the guys that they didn't depend on a ton. You know, Cody, you know, you can make the case for a little bit. Jalen McDaniels, we get to later on, but PJ is that guy. So maybe you could expect him to play more than 30 minutes. Well, and yeah, again, I want to know that I, I feel like these are my projected minutes on night one. So this, I have it set up yeah. right now. We're going to talk about reserves in the next segment. I have this set up right now as a 10-man rotation. That's going to shorten as the season goes on if, you know, this team happens to be in contention for a play-in spot or possibly a playoff spot. Huh. We'll see. They got to do some more work. Hopefully there is going to be uh, better than expectations performances from some of these guys too. So let's talk about that. You teased it a little bit. We discussed the starting lineup coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets Don't podcast. Don't on the Hornets just yet. Let's talk about the reserves, the minutes projections for them and how much they could possibly help the Hornets as soon as next year. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news all across the second half of this year's Major League Baseball regular season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports and scores and BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts and news this season. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts reserve talk coming up next locked on hornets is locked on hornets and you have to wonder is there a time for them to do that now <laughs> no, is, is he is he mad at the center position i mean it's it's yes it's, yeah god mitch make a trade <laughs> that's just good that's just good sports talk right there it's time for <laughs> Hit the button a little early. It's all right. We got out of there. We got a bunch of music playing, all sorts of sounds. It seems like you just said, boom. These buttons are pressed. the buttons I have are too sensitive. It's the yeah. button. It's not my fault. It's the button's fault. Hmm. The baby was up early. I have a baby. Yeah. It's a whole thing. I have a, I have a fish, Doug. That's I have not a couple the fish. <laughs> it's the same. the same thing at all. <laughs> it's the same. I do have what you call a loach in that tank. L-O-A-C-H, Loach. Okay. Okay. One name you could possibly give him, mm -hmm. the star of our team. Okay. What if we called him Lamelloch Ball? Oh, boy. I like he's it. The, 
He's the star of the take. Thank you. Coy Jones and LaMelo Ball. That's how we're off and rolling. Let's talk about the second unit. Who LaMelo Ball is not going to be coming off. He's not going to be coming off the bench for anybody. But who is? Who is going to come off of the bench and help this team? Doug, I know you have your other projections here. Why don't you give us those projections, which actually does include a name that was listed in the starting lineup? Well, let's talk about the rotation and then we can get to some minutes projections. So at the point guard position, as we were talking about in that first segment, I've got Terry Rozier sitting at the backup point guard spot behind him. Cody Martin, who did get a little run uh, playing the point at different uh, parts of last season, mostly due to injury. They've trusted him to do that before. New regime, but I I think the, you know, I think... uh, Having signed him to the big deal, he you know more responsibility is probably in the cards. And then behind him, James Booknight at the wing, uh, the two wing positions. And and if you see, you, I, we didn't mention this, but you you if you're watching on YouTube, you've already seen this that I have this not broken up into point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. I have it broken up as point, two wings, two bigs. I just think that's that's how we got to do it these days. So at the wing, the first wing position, I've got Terry Rozier behind him, Cody Martin, and behind Cody Martin, James Booknight. The other wing position, I've got Gordon Hayward starting behind him, Kelly Oubre. Then behind him, Cody Martin. Behind him, Jalen McDaniels at that third, uh, that second wing spot. And then at the big position, I've got P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, J.T. Thor, then Kai Jones. At the final big position, I have Mason Plumley, Mark Williams, Nick Richards, Kai Jones. Now, Jalen McDaniels, again, plays that kind of three, four. So you could slot him in behind PJ, but really he's just, he's giving, he's given breathers to both that wing position and that first big position. Yeah. We'll talk more about McDaniels in the last segment. I think the two names that jump off to me here, Doug, are it's Kelly Oubre and it's Mark Williams, because as you say, these are projections for night one. So Mark Williams comes in. 15 minutes just get his feet wet in the NBA a little bit and then we'll see how he grows from there if we're talking I don't know how far you want to extend this if you were to say okay what are his minutes per game average what is that going to be in the first half of the season I would say Mark Williams has a real possibility to go up especially if Steve Clifford like your best defenders on this team are going to be PJ Washington Jalen McDaniels Cody Martin I would say Mark Williams, at least for what he does. And so if you want to go and have this defensive identity, right, with a team that does not have a whole lot of defensive talent, then you're going to have to try to use the defensive ability that you have to your advantage. And if Mark Williams is a drop defender, and then, or if you're just like, okay, we have somebody that can play drop coverage, because it's not like Mason's great at that. It's not like Mason is great at playing perimeter defense or just being that defensive guy anyway. So then maybe you start to play Mark Williams more minutes because at least you have some kind of defensive identity you can fall back on. His minutes start to go up, and that that's the way this team improves. Because short of going and getting defensive stoppers in free agency, which they didn't do, now you have to adapt to the other guys that actually have that ability on this team. And so Mark Williams being somebody that you drafted specifically for that, I expect if you were to average his minutes per game through the first half of the season, I expect them to be more than 15. Well, if he's sitting at 15 at the end of the season, I think some it's, it's uh-oh time. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not expecting him rookie season to have it all figured out. That'd be nice. 
but I don't I don't expect that. But I do expect him to increase his role over time, to get better, to show himself as getting better. And we know that Steve Clifford, from our past experience, when players start to play better over the course of the season, he does dole out minutes. I think he has this reputation for not playing young players. I think some of that is fair. Some of that is unfair. I think that Mark Williams serves such a specific role that they need that if he's not getting more minutes by the end of the season, that I, I think that that could be uh, telling about where we're heading with the with the Mark Williams era of Charlotte Hornets basketball. Kelly Oubre was the other name I mentioned. Hot first half last year, you know, bucket getter, just shooting the lights out from three point land. And we did flirt with that conversation of him being in the mix for six man of the year. He seemed to Tsunami always be, poppy. yep, always seemed to be like second or third behind Tyler Hero and then whoever else was uh, the flavor of the week. And then the second half came. And he was very much not in the six man of the year conversation anymore. I mean, was ice working cold. himself out of the out of Borrego's rotation, really. It, 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 pretty much did. I yeah. mean, borderline did just wasn't getting nearly as much minutes. And I will say, Borrego stuck with him for a while during his struggles to the point where it's like, okay, we we can't do this anymore. Especially mm-hmm. if you're not going to bring it on the defensive end. Then I don't know if Steve Clifford's going to play him 24 minutes per game as long as the first half or as the season goes on, right? Like, so if you flip it in reverse to the point where he has a season that is similar, but the opposite. So he comes out and struggles in the first half. And then in the second half, he finally builds something or he might not even get that opportunity. My point is how much leeway does Steve Clifford give to a guy like Kelly Oubre, you know, or, are you going to look for offense somewhere else like James Booknight, who you don't have getting any minutes, at least on night one? And I think those are the interesting names, right? Mark Williams, your rookie, Kelly Oubre, who really struggled in the second half, and James Booknight, your second-year player, somewhat big expectations as a rookie and, you know, didn't perform all that well. You can blame Borrego, you can blame Booknight, however you want to divvy up the responsibility. But here you have, Doug, Booknight getting a big old zero on opening night. Yeah, well, I think uh, we have to monitor the injury and figure out what what the deal is there, if he's going to be healthy enough to go. So, I mean, I think that's why I have him sitting at at zero right now. And and he would have to – if he were healthy, I think he then would have to prove that he's worthy of minutes over Oubre or Martin. And and I I think that's going to be a difficult proposition. It would have been – I think it would have been less difficult had he been able to play in summer league – had he been able, because Clifford was there the whole time, he he could have shown what he could do and what he couldn't do. Uh, but now I think that that the prospects of that become even more difficult now. So you mentioned the minutes, uh, Kelly Oubre. I have at twenty four. I have Cody Martin also at twenty four. That's reflective of last season where Borrego utilized these two as sort of a hybrid sixth man, one playing defense and one playing offense, a, a tool set here. So I, I'm just going to leave that as is and expect. The, the same thing to happen, at least at the beginning of next season. The X factor to me, and we'll talk more about this cat in the third segment, is Jalen McDaniels, who can do both. Like, he can hit three-pointers. He's lengthy. He, he made the team better on defense when he was on the floor. And so, you know, I, I think that's the, the, the guy that I have at 15 minutes right now that I could see at 25 minutes. I yeah. could see him alongside Cody Martin taking over for Kelly Oubre in a Steve Clifford system. And then I have JT Thor right now getting 12 minutes because I, I thought he did enough in summer league to prove that, 
you know, that that little bump that he got last season wasn't a fluke, and I could see him being at the bottom of the 10-man rotation. I have him at 12 minutes. There's an important point here for, for folks that don't remember the first Steve Clifford era. His whole philosophy in minutes played is that he feels like he has to give players a certain number of minutes that is over usually over 10 and do it consistently in order for them to feel comfortable, find those playing groups. He doesn't like to just like randomly, this was sort of the Borrego thing, right? Throw in yeah. Nick Richards for nine minutes. He starts, then you never see yeah. him again. That is not, that's very different from how Clifford operates. He has very structured rotations and he's going to give a guy 10 minutes until he gives a guy zero minutes. Oh, I mean, and and you got to like this philosophy a lot more. We talked about that from Borrego constantly. I hated that, man. I mean, having Vernon Carey <laughs> You're come in. You're looking forward to going back to the, uh, the Clifford rotation. Some people are frustrated by that, though. Well, uh, I mean, you, you got to allow guys to get into a rhythm. It's if you continue to let them play badly and then yeah. just have them out there on the floor that's the problem and i think right. that that might have been what happened with kelly from borrego i you know that wasn't a huge problem with me like i borrego let him try to play out of it that's fine and then he did and then he i, I thought he acted somewhat appropriately but the whole vernon carey starting for a few minutes and then then putting yeah. pj washington in the starting lineup after like four after seriously four minutes it, mm -hmm. this is what he would do you know Borrego was a mad scientist in that way where he didn't care like he was going to try to pull all of the levers to have something yeah. click and sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't and that was one that he would consistently go to that drove me crazy just I don't I don't see any benefit from it and that's why I'm glad that Steve Clifford has that philosophy that you just talked about regarding JT Thor or some of those bench players who it will frustrate, I believe, will be James Book Knight and Kai Jones fans, the people that are on the outside mm -hmm. looking in of the rotation. There are going to be some comments of, hey, why not throw Book Knight a few minutes here or there just to get him some get him some run in the NBA, give him five minutes here. I'm just I'm just preparing you, James Book Knight fan or Kai Jones fan. That's not how Clifford operates. He doesn't just throw a guy a couple of minutes to get him some burn. He's only going to insert players into the rotation when he is confident that he can give that player 10 or more minutes and a specific role with a specific playing group. That's just how he is. I bake that in to, to my predictions. But it's important to note, we've got training camp. We've got preseason and all of these opinions can change. This is just my, these are my minutes projections and my opinions on the rotation. As we sit here after summer league, I would love your thoughts at locked on Hornets at Doug Branson, LOH sign up for my sub stack, every Hornets box <laughs> There is one other player that we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into coming up next on the locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're talking about a lot of guys that need to step up. Jalen McDaniels could be just the one at the top of that list. We'll discuss that coming up on Lockdown Hornets. Not only can you tweet at us at Lockdown Hornets or Doug Branson at Doug Branson LOH to talk about some of the projections you think are going to take place with the starting lineup for the Hornets or the bench. You can also tweet at us regarding any fish names that you came up with. We led the show today because of uh we led the show with the fish tank in the background i've upgraded like six times so i had a five and a half gallon in the back now we're at 30 <laughs> and it is taking up a significant portion of the background here and because of that we're going back to our kendall gills days r.i.p to my original beta kendall gills oh, wow. 
yeah, you know, soft subject, but we still have to honor him on this Lockdown Hornets podcast. How did now you, how did you, how, what's your preferred method of disposing of, of fish? I don't, um, you know, it might be weird. Be careful here. I know, I know. I did not go the toilet route. I just, that's inhumane, <laughs> right? Could you find yourself flushing a fish down the toilet? I, that just seems about as bad a way to go. There's just zero. You could make a ceremony, ceremony out of it. You could light some candles. Toilet. You could, you no, could play, no, play some <laughs> Enya. <laughs> but you could do that not in the toilet, too. Like, there's no ceremony as he's going well, fish around. fish doesn't care. Well, nobody would care. You're dead. Like, nobody would care going there. Shark still... Williams. <laughs> Please, I hope Shark Williams. If I name something in here, Shark Williams, which I want to now, Shark Williams is good, man. I don't want to flesh Shark Williams down the toilet. That's that's disrespectful. I, I like these done. segments because I, I know these segments. I listen to these segments on other mm -hmm. shows and I'm screaming. I'm just screaming. Yeah. Please uh -huh. say the thing. I know there's someone right now that has one. Yeah. So tweet it, tweet it at us at, Please do at yell Lockdown at us. Hornets. I bury him, Doug. I go in the backyard. I bury him, you know. Wow. Plus, it's the circle of life thing, too. Like, plants benefit from it. The whole worm food thing. I'm down with that. So, we're burying the fish if they die in the yard. And we're not flushing them down the toilet. Shark Williams is great, though. So, whenever that day comes for him, hopefully years and years down the road. I don't even know who I'm going to name Shark Williams, but it's very Jalen McFish. Um, that doesn't make any sense at all, but we'll talk about him. The it was McFish? A Oh, McFish? Isn't, that a, isn't that a thing? I don't eat a McDonald's a lot. Isn't that a McFish? <laughs> oh, it's a filet of fish. Filet of fish. <laughs> that was the McFish. I thought that was well, I thought that was an anti-joke to help us get to Jalen McDaniels. But yeah. <laughs> Jalen McFish of filet. I don't think there's any way you make that work, man. But we yeah, are I'm talking about McDaniels now. We can, it's okay. I forgive you. Shark Williams is good enough. Look, Shark Williams balanced out the scale. We'll talk about Jalen McDaniels without it any It should kind of... be the McFish. I, we can name it that if you fillet want. Filet of fish. What is that? A filet of fish. How about, it should be McFish. Okay. Remember Tamar Slay, an obscure bobcat? How about Tamar Filet? There you I go. Like That's how you make it work. We're not going to talk about Tamar Slay. Nobody should. Not even then. Well, we the will. We will on every Hornets box score. The podcast, episode two coming out. <laughs> now, we don't talk about Tamar Slay because we're not in the Bobcats era just mm -hmm. yet. Every week, we skip to a different era of Hornets history. This week, we are on the late Hornets era. We talk about a game from the 2001-2002 season. Great game between uh, the Hornets and the Wizards in 2001. You know what that means. Michael Jordan coming back. He plays in the game. And then we talk about Lee Nalon and Baron Davis. It's a great show. Everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can subscribe for free and check out the podcast. Speaking of fish, how about Fish McDaniels? That's a good nickname as well. We can talk about Jalen McDaniels <laughs> here in the third segment, um, as we've promised a million times. Look, X-Factor stuff, right? Guy that's coming off of the bench. You have him at 15 minutes in night one. If we were to ask a question, who do you think is going to have the biggest jump in just total minutes at the end of the season, right? When you look at the previous year, this past season, the minutes per game average, and then at the end of next season, who's going to have the biggest jump? I think Jalen McDaniels is that guy that's probably, you know, he's towards the top of that list. I think LaMelo might be kind of, you know, like 32 for LaMelo. Could you get to 37, 40? Are you getting close to 40? Like mm -hmm. an eight minute per game jump is pretty, it's pretty big. PJ Washington, if he's at 27 last year, could you get to like, 
34 something like that for pj that would be a big jump too you know Jalen mcdaniels is another one of those guys doug that comes in off of the bench like i think that would be in tier one of the minutes jumped per game yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm shortchanging him a little bit because in 55 games played last season, uh, he averaged 16.3 minutes. So I'm docking mm-hmm. him a minute. Oh, and so really, I mean, I think I've, I probably have that one wrong. I think after training camp and preseason, he could already start to eat into Kelly Oubre's minutes. The big question mark, though, is that he is coming off an injury to his ankle amazingly as many years as he's played basketball the first ever ankle injury for him so it's it you lasted know, the first, too it lasted a little while it lasted a while yeah. it was a, a good you know and the first one so there's a, some question marks around that that we have to monitor but what we do know is that when he was healthy uh this team uh was much better defensively uh, you can look at the on-off numbers. Uh, they show you that. And then offensively, he was uh, great at above-the-break threes. He was great at corner threes. Um, and he got to the rim a lot. And, 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 a good rim per- yeah. Yeah, and a good rim percentage for a team that uh, struggled at the rim. And so there, there wasn't a ton. Now, you know, decision-making, playmaking, like those are going to be questions with Jalen McDaniels. You have to be limited in how you use him. Um, if you expect him to do a ton on the ball – you know, I think that's uh, th- that's where where you run into a little bit of trouble, or maybe where he has to continue to develop into this season. But but certainly, I mean, I think um, th- that's not a lot to ask for from Jalen McDaniels. Well, yeah, and and you say like you have to be limited in the way you use him, right? Like I I understand. I think it's more like you have to be. I think you can actually be pretty unlimited in the way that you use him. You just don't want him to have the ball in his hands. Therefore, he's kind of limited with the basketball, right? But, like, he's a good cutter. He's really good in transition. Mm-hmm. Like, he gives mm-hmm. a bleep. He runs with LaMelo. Oh, sure. Even if, even if like, that possession, you feel like it's done, and so you start to jog at half court. That's not McDaniels, man. Like, he'll keep running and then is often the beneficiary of some of these transition opportunities with Melo. So, he plays well with your star player. And also, he's just gotten so much better at shooting threes in his life like if you go back and see his earlier days I believe at San Diego State the percentage it jumps up I believe his last year with the Aztecs then you go to Greensboro shot well there Um, you look it's been pretty consistent you mentioned corner threes how often did we bring up guys that had significant decrease in percentage from corner threes with all across the board on this team like you know PJ Washington Miles Bridges went way south in that regard so oh, my they, bad. He took a lot. My bad. My bad. He took a lot of. I want to uh, make sure I get this correction. In okay. Here yeah. Yeah. So he took a he took a, a good number of of corner three pointers relative to the rest of the three pointers, but that that was actually one area where where he could improve on. He was thirty four percent thirty four percent though from three from corner three. He's actually pretty good for this Hornets team. They weren't great <laughs> above the break. He yeah. was forty one point five percent overall on the season. He was a thirty nine percent three point shooter. So if you go to the corner three thing, like, yeah, McDaniels need could improve there, but like, that's something that the whole entire Hornets team could improve in you catch and shoot B right. Totally fine. He can be somebody that, you know, could improve there, but also that's what you want to use him as. Like, I just, I just think there's so many off ball things that McDaniels could help when you try to manufacture some scoring. Uh, yeah, this is this is a guy that, you know, I, I don't want to sell him as an all-star. I'm not trying to sell him as this all-NBA well, player. But 
But teams need these players on small contracts, especially for a team like the Hornets who don't do anything in free agency, who haven't made a huge move on the trade market. Where can you get that production? Where where does an optimist go to on the roster and say, okay, that's where there's a possibility? I look at McDaniels and say, okay, that's a possibility. Let's try to exercise every possibility in doing so. Underrated aspect of Jalen McDaniel's game is his his avil- his ability on the boards, and this was a team that really just absolutely got decimated on the boards uh, last season. It's one area that needs to improve the most if the Hornets have any shot at being competitive this year, and it's certainly going to be a focus for Steve Clifford, who is big on defensive rebounding. This team was uh, near the bottom of the league last year in defensive rebounding percentage. Uh, so he, he's going to want to improve that. And Jalen McDaniels is a player uh, that can help you on the boards. He has good positioning, lengthy, can go up and snag. And, and as you said, he has the effort down. Like, I mean, he wants it. He wants to get more minutes. And an easy way to get more minutes in this rotation under Steve Clifford is to be uh, aggressive on the defensive boards. Uh, by the way, on the screen on YouTube, I do have uh, his player profile pulled up on B-Ball Index. Wanted to make sure to give them credit for uh, – the, uh, the the great data that they give us on on all of these players. So yeah, Jalen McDaniels, I think, is a Swiss Army knife, a player that unless you watch this team really closely, you're not going to know a ton about, not a name that comes up a lot, but I think a name that by the end of the year, um, if he's one of the names that has improved, then I think this team is probably probably in a good good place. Would you call him a fish Army knife? I, you could call him. You absolutely could. If you wanted to say he was a fish army knife, you absolutely <laughs> could say that. All right. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Checking us out on YouTube. Make sure you tweet at us, too. We want to hear some of those other fish nicknames. Or if you just want to give us your thoughts on projected lineups, feel free to do that at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH, at Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Make your second listen, uh, Locked On NBA. Just 30 minutes. You get a daily update, everything that's going on within the association, all the big stories, everything you care about. Again, Locked On NBA, just 30 minutes, so you don't have to set aside a whole lot of time. Locked on NBA. It's your daily NBA update um, in just half an hour. We appreciate you joining us for this half hour. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 